The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. The opinions expressed in Nerds on the Left do not necessarily reflect those of the B&E Podcast Network or any affiliated podcast. Enjoy the show. Baby, I like it when you record. All right, now you're being weird. I'm uncomfortable. It should be. It's making me uncomfortable, and I'm there. Welcome to another episode of Nerds on the Left. Uh, it's once again, it's Rodney and Melissa and Mara. Yay! Yay and we have a uh, a magical episode for you today because Ooh. this is the first episode in what will be the first inaugural. Uh, is that even the right word? Sure. Annual. No, first annual is not a thing. Inaugural is like the introduction. There you go. I think I think I was actually right. Yeah. You can't have a first annual something. Yeah. You can have a second you, annual because you you've done it before. Well, it seems like you're, you're you can, establishing I've, it to be a yearly thing. I've seen stuff that says first annual. But and they're let's wrong. let's actually tell people what we're talking about. Well, hang on. I want to make sure how wrong you are first. You cannot have a second annual. I'm sorry. You cannot have a first annual something. You can only have a second annual something. So next year it will be our second annual month of magic. But this is our first annual month of magic. Damn it! Now you guys have me doing it. <laughs> uh, so this is our first month of magic, and what we're going to do this year is everything Harry Potter. In our month of magic, we are going to go over everything Harry Potter. We will have magical recipes and crafty stuff, and we are going to watch the movies, and we're also going to talk about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the Broadway play that's going to be coming out this year. They released the script in book form in August, the first week of August this year, and uh, we're very excited about that. So do you think we can, we can right now, like say next week, we will all have read Cursed Child? So we can talk about it next episode. Are you committing uh, me to read Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? Yes, you'll have week? to actually read a book. I, oh. I read it the night it came out, so I'm ready. You read <laughs> it in one sitting? In one sitting. Like, I know it looks like a thick book, but like flipping through it, it's just a script. I'd it's say a script. it looks like yeah. the third Harry Potter book. Like, it looks like it's the same size as about Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Is that how you measure everything? Yes. It's like, how long should I cut this? I don't know. About the eighth Harry Potter or seventh Harry Potter book. <laughs> the Three and a half yeah. sorcerer stones. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a big ass cake. <laughs> how, t- how tall are you? I'm about 50. <laughs> I'm about 50 for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stones. It's pretty good. So we'll get into more about that later, I think. Uh, especially yeah, throughout the month. And also on the Facebook, on our Instagram. It's I mean, going to be everywhere. Will, our social media is going to be inundated with hashtag Month of Magic. We're a little obsessed. Yeah, you could very easily say that. Yeah. So we actually have a, a – feel free to virtually join us so that you feel uh, spiritually close to us. We're going to have a – on December 17th, we're going to have an all eight Harry Potter 17th movies. 17th and 18th because – there aren't enough hours in a day to watch all eight movies. Well, there are, but we're not that committed. If you don't take breaks and you just go straight through, I think it's like, I think it's about 20 hours. It's only 20 hours? Who cares? It's 20 hours of entertainment. 
I'm, I'm excited about it. Look out on social media for uh, Noddle's hashtag Month of Magic because it's coming at you whether you want it or not. So, uh, what'd you guys do this week? Anything fun? I know, I know one thing we all kind of did together. What did we all kind of do together? I know it's not what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go into that right now. But other than that, um, I don't know. I had a mostly chill week. Just trying to get some Democratic grassroots going on in the local area. Mm-hmm. Yep, getting that together. Trying to figure out what we're going to do for 2017 since the legislative ses- session starts in January. Yeah. Our work is cut out for us, definitely. Yeah. Mira, what'd you do this week? I finished up finals, and then I did nothing else, and I like it that way. <laughs> you had a pretty good holiday party yesterday, I, I hear. I heard you telling your mom you woke up with a hangover today. I, I did. I, I drank a little bit too much. <laughs> Got freaky with too your family. Much. <laughs> uh, well, seeing as it involved cheek retractors, maybe. But <laughs> nice. We played uh, the watch your mouth game where you put in the cheek retractors and have to say a bunch so of phrases. So is it everything it's hyped up to be? Um. It is and it isn't. I think. Did the alcohol help? The alcohol did help some. Yes, we we had a dentist there, so I felt like she had an unfair advantage. She's but <laughs> she she actually did win, but it was a close win. So we 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 were expecting her to be the expert translator and be like, "Oh, this is clearly what they said. Why don't you understand that?" Right. But as a speech therapist, I feel like I could have just been like, "Guys, come on! Like it's easy." Yeah. Some people, I guess, because their mouths were bigger, and I just had like the medium sized retractors. Uh, they had an advantage yeah Yeah, like i just bought i just bought like the 20 pack of these retractors on amazon and they had large medium and small and the review said the medium would probably fit most people and it did fit everyone it did obscure that but some people had a lot harder time because their mouths were smaller and it was a lot funny i would never like look at someone's mouth and be like they've got a (laughs) medium-sized mouth never had that thought one of uh my cousin's wife told me that my mouth was filled with my teeth and I was like, as opposed to being filled with what? <laughs> Not so, teeth. Yeah. I guess that's I a good thing. <laughs> I don't think I could ever play that game because I have a chipped front tooth that I didn't bother to go get fixed. I chipped it on, of all things, uh, corn cob. So uh, I keep telling them, guys, don't eat the corn cob. Just eat the soft bits <laughs> and you won't listen to me. Uh, the corn cob is the most delicious part of corn. Um, but no, I chipped my tooth and uh, I, I just decided, I was like, how much is it to fix it? Oh, $1,000? I think it just builds character. I think it builds character. So... But I would feel self too self-conscious about it to like have my teeth bared out there for everyone. Oh you know, God, no I, one cares. I was worried about that too, but it really like we were all amongst family and like I wasn't everyone noticing was anybody else's teeth and that's, I that's was, the only way to do it. Right I was there. sure to sit on the opposite end of the very long table from the dentist. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did not want to be next to the dentist with that. Looks but. like you need a cleaning there, Mara. Yeah. She's definitely got a mental list of everyone's teeth She's going on. She's got binoculars yeah. out. She's yeah. like, hmm. she she was judging all of us. What else happened this week? I, I mean, were you were you too hungover to watch the Guardians trailer? I was not. You I can never, never be too hungover. Yeah. I will wake up from a deep coma to watch that. Well, um, I know you especially were a huge Groot fan. So were you happy with the amount of I was you saw? I was so happy with the Groot we saw. Like It, it was like 90% Groot. I, I it was really heavy on Groot. I you will got say to that. briefly see the other characters, and then it was Groot. And I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> like, I'd be okay with an all group movie. Probably. That would be the m- easiest script, I, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. 
like dialogue Probably, wise like, the most difficult cgi movie ever <laughs> yeah but the writers be like man we got this in this one it really seems like the characters are hitting their stride because i guess you know the, obviously the first movie was a lot of introduction to the characters mm-hmm. in this one they already seem like like even the actors like they just all clicked really really well and they seem like they had been buddies for years like they're yeah. more co- cohesive yeah i think the characters are more comfortable with each other and i think we're gonna we're gonna benefit the movie's gonna benefit from that well it's not an origin movie which is so nice yeah like right these like the comic movies the sequels are normally much much better because you don't you get to skip all that crappy intro right and origin story and and if you're a big enough nerd you've read the comics and you know these characters you have for years the first 30 minutes of of most of these movies are like rehashing something you've seen already like 20 times so yeah i'm glad to see that it's, it's a team that's already a cohesive unit and we've gotten to the point where, like, Drax is his own kind of character, and he's got yeah. humor now. Yeah. Like, some of, of Quill's humor has rubbed off him, I guess, over the years. Because I don't know how far this has jumped into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know what it's even about? I was just about to ask I if have... you know who the villain is. Um, fairly certain that the villain is going to be Ego, the living planet, who in the comic books is literally an evil planet. Ego, the living planet, is played by Kurt Russell. Um, which I see, I could see that. Yeah. So Kurt Russell is also playing Quill's father. So Quill's father is ego, the living planet in human form. And yes, there is a penis joke in there about his transformation. Apparently there was an exclusive Comic-Con clip that no one else has seen and it's not public that it talks about how he was a planet and now he's a human and now he has a human penis. I kind of hate that, like, Comic-Con gets exclusive content like that. I don't even have a problem with it being, like, okay, you get to see it, like, a month or so. But I would kind of wish it, like, come out eventually. Because it's, like, Comic-Con's really hard to get to. Yeah. Right. I tried one time. And it was not fun. It was depressing. Yeah. Well, they got they got to justify that high price tag somehow. I'd pay it anyways. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see this one. It seems like they are a more cohesive unit. You got Baby Groot in there, which mm-hmm. I love the fact that they threw Baby Groot up on uh, Rocket Raccoon's shoulder. So you have that kind of... He's taken on the paternal yeah. role. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is nice. It's it's nice to see Rocket Raccoon be responsible for someone. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of the same... I, I feel like from the tra- this trailer, I've got a lot of the same vibe that we mm-hmm. got from the first one, which I'm fan- I'm fine with because the first one was so amazing. Like, I'm fine having more of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it came out of left field and was just like a smash hit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I think this movie is going to have a lot of Baby Groot in it because everyone responded so well to Baby Groot after the movie. Like, oh, that's we're talking what, about just that, that last yeah, five minutes where yeah. he was dancing? Yeah, just the, the post-credit clip. That was the highlight that everyone walked away from the movie talking about. So I think we're going to get a lot of Baby Groot. Yeah. And I, I can't wait. I mean, what's great though also is that you have the same cast, you have the same director, um, you have some new additions. Um, you're going to see Mantis in this movie. You're going to see Ego the Living Planet. So I think, I think you're going to see a much bigger movie, if you will. So look out for the new Guardians of the Galaxy number two in May of 2017. I, I know I'm going to buy a ticket like first week. So Mara, what else have you been doing this week? Have you been uh, planning our big Harry Potter weekend? I have. I have been pinning the crap out of some Harry Potter <laughs> themed crafts. Like, You want to give us a couple highlights? Um... I've been seeing some 
adult prev- beverages, I yes. think, will work. I think yes. I saw a recipe involving some Smirnoff peppermint uh, vodka. Is Smirnoff vodka? Whatever Smirnoff is. Schnapps. And schnapps. Same thing. It's alcohol, right? And <laughs> <laughs> I like that philosophy. Yeah. Whatever. It's alcohol. Yeah. But anyways, I think like we'll a have... hashtag waiting to be happening. <laughs> I think we'll have something um, involving that for some peppermint pick-me-up nice. potion. I just need like a cozy Weasley sweater and my oh. peppermint potion. Yes. I would really love a Weasley sweater. And I would totally be like, yeah, no, Molly Weasley knitted this for me. Okay, would you I'm... call her Molly Weasley or would you call her Mrs. Weasley? To her face, I'd call her Mrs. Weasley because <laughs> she's kind of a badass Ma'am. bitch. And I don't want to... I don't want to piss her off. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much for the sweater. But I think she'd be like, no, call me Molly. Oh, that's true. And I'd still be like, okay, Mrs. Weasley. (laughs) Yes, Molly, Mrs. Weasley. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, Mrs. Molly. Um, Good golly, Miss Molly. (laughs) But I've been like, I want to do, I I hope you know I'm going to like take over your house with Harry Potter crafts. I'm ready. I'm prepared. (laughs) Like, I want to do letters coming out of the chimney or the fireplace i want to do floating lanterns i'm ready to do it all like i have been waiting years to i'm do a so Harry excited Potter theme party i you guys have no idea how excited i am about this and just just so our viewers know this is just me mara and our friend Brittany. this isn't like some big party we're inviting everyone we know this is so did just i just get us. uninvited from my own house yes <laughs> that's what you have your office for what if i want to watch harry potter no i mean i don't want to watch the first four so i I will probably only show up on sunday yeah that's what i told him i was like well just watch the first four on saturday and then you can go do your own stuff on saturday i'm so sorry but the first four are subpar two i would say are hard to get through partially because i've seen them so many times and partially just because the actors were so young they're still getting into their roles the source material and i thought it was a lot better the source material of the first two the first two books are aimed at children they don't start to grow with the reader until the third book so you have no one dies until book four and then i'm interested technically (laughs) technically (laughs) quarrel died in number one oh shut up nobody gives a shit about (laughs) quarrel but his mom cares (laughs) Quirrell's mom's been dead for years. You don't know that. He was like a young professor. <laughs> so can I commit you guys to maybe doing some Facebook live events as you do crafts and make delicious magical foods I for think our we can hashtag share. month of magic? Yeah, we, we can, can share our crafty nerdiness with the world. Yeah. I think that is a gift I am willing to give <laughs> I will to you guys. bestow it upon you. <laughs> Well, speaking of Harry Potter, I'm, I'm glad that we waited because uh, if you don't know, we normally record on Friday nights. Today, we got we put it off until Sunday. Because we're lazy. So lazy. But a bunch of stuff happened over this weekend. So, like, we also heard that uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the play, is coming to Broadway for the yeah, first time. the musical. Which, honestly, right? to me... Is it a musical or is it a play? It's just a play. It's just a play. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. But honestly, to me, that's not that surprising. I figured that would happen at some point. But it, it happened came out this as a script. Yeah. It, it, it did honestly happen quicker than I imagined, mm-hmm. but I expected it to be a couple years. I kind of assumed they already had it lined up before they put it out. You say it, it happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not even coming to Broadway until 2018. Yeah, it so takes it, some time to. They're to actually put it together. going to be remodeling the theater. It's going to be. I read in. about that. They're going to take it down from 1,900 seats to 1,500 in the mm-hmm. venue, and so they'll probably do 
um, with these kind of big productions, they'll do it to where it like reaches out and mm-hmm. the stage and the audience kind of blend a little bit. Um, I took a tour of the National Theater in London when they were doing a Lord of the Rings play. And they had um, up into like the balcony boxes, it was like wooded area and it was three dimensional kind of, so it was kind of a breaking of the fourth wall somewhat. So I mean, that's, that's awesome. And I also heard uh, with the remodel, they're changing the entrance location mm-hmm. and then changing the entrance to almost like a Diagon Alley kind of entrance. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. That's like awesome. you have to walk down a magical alley to get into oh. the theater and then JK Rowling um, got involved a little bit and mm-hmm. said, I want this play to be affordable. Yeah. So the most expensive ticket, the most expensive ticket, I mean, the ticket where you can sit close enough to like smell Harry Potter mm-hmm. um, is going to be $176. That's really not bad. No, Max. that's not bad at all. No, that's not bad at all. I mean, when you hear like Hamilton tickets are going for like $800 a piece. Yeah. And this is going to be 176 I mean, $176, that's still a good chunk of change, but that's going to be the most expensive seat. I'm excited for like I will definitely when given the chance go and see it but honestly I have some reservations about Cursed Child mm-hmm. and I think you guys have committed to reading it so, yeah, so we'll I'd, talk about it next I'd really week. like to get into a discussion about it and I want to know what you guys think okay yeah no I'm totally down because I've been putting off reading it like because mm-hmm. it is a script it's kind of daunting yeah like it's not a traditional book like you you, you have to do all the work yeah <laughs> in one, your head. Thing, one thing I will just kind of a warning when you're reading it keep in mind that it is a script because mm-hmm. I, I just me personally i feel it does have some format limitations so are we gonna have are, are we gonna make a field trip to new york to go see it i'd do it no. i'd be down so one field trip we did actually manage to take was we got to go to beta test room escape time in houston yeah their holiday themed one i was so pumped to get that invitation yeah um because it was a closed invitation i don't because I invited you guys. Pretty exclusive. Pretty, uh, yeah. Only 10 people were invited because only t- the room only holds 10 people. But if you haven't heard of Room Escape Time, it is a Houston-based puzzle room. Um, puzzle rooms are just blowing up in America right now. Right. I've always wanted to do one. So I was, was really this, excited. Was this y'all's first time doing one as well? Was this not your first time? This was she my first time. She said as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it was everyone's first time. All of our first time. There were people other than us in the room that knew what they were doing and that was nice yeah so it was basically the three of us and seven other strangers and we got dumped in this room with puzzles and safes and locks and all kinds of other things a lot of decorations like some misleading stuff some super relevant stuff and a clock and the clock just counted down from 60 and we had to f- solve the problem. Yeah. Can we, talk about, room. can we talk about what the objective is? Yeah. 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 You can okay. tell about the storyline. Yeah. We did the naughty list and it was our objective was to take our names off of the naughty list. So we had all been naughty that year. We Santa was out getting a sleigh prepped and we went in and we had an hour before he was ready to take off. And so before he left, we had to get our names off that naughty list. And we did it. We totally solved the room. It was totally awesome. Totally getting presents this year. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. No what did y'all ask us. Santa for? Bill money. <laughs> Same. <laughs> okay. The moment you get dropped into the room, you have no clue what's going on. You have right. to. You have to very, very actively work as a team to with solve. Strangers. With strangers, yes. You have to walk, work as a team with strangers to get out of this room somehow. 
And usually it's a sequence of puzzles that you have to, to work together to solve to escape. Right. So, like, everyone just scatters in this little room. So, ten people in this little room. And everyone just kind of picks a corner or, you know, an object that they see. And they just start investigating it. And they just start looking. And they're mm-hmm. like, they speak up like, hey, this thing looks weird. Someone come, you know, see if this thing looks weird to you. And then we just kind of collaborate. And then... There's a lot of chaos, like nothing is going right, and then suddenly everything is going right, and we're just doing awesome. Yeah, that's just because we're good, though. Well, it is mostly me. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if, if you noticed, there was a time there in the middle where I was just kind of walking around to group to group being like, hey, what are you guys working on? Oh, good that job. Was, good job, guys. Y'all are doing great. that was me the first 15, 20 minutes, me just walking around going... What are what are y'all doing? Um, cool. See, when I first went in, I was like, okay, like stuff's gonna be hidden. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna like shake some stuff loose. I'm gonna like look for stuff first. But the thing is, it's like the puzzles build one on top of each other. Yes. So you can't just go in and be like, oh, here's the answer. I, I don't know about you guys, but I had an absolute blast um, doing this. Yeah, I did too. It was my first time, and I think. I would, going back, I would know kind of, like, more of what to expect puzzle-wise. That was a bit of, since it was my first time, it's kind of like... Oh, yeah, we had no clue what to expect. Yeah, like, I know, oh, like, be prepared to use all of your senses. I think <laughs> I think I use every sense except for smell. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, what the fuck were you smelling <laughs> in the room? Yeah, but, um, and, and they have some other ones, too, don't they, that aren't just holiday-themed, like... Yeah, so they also have the crash, which is a scenario where the internet is about to crash, as in all of the internet. Oh, no. Oh, God, And so you have to save the internet. Uh, Just doing, like, a bunch of puzzles and stuff. So that's the one I want to do. So that one seems pretty cool and kind of techie. There's another one, Trapped in a Room with a Zombie. Rodney, I know you know more about that one. So Trapped in a Room with a Zombie, you basically have an hour to solve the puzzle room just like normal. But you also have an actor playing a zombie in the room who's chained to one of the walls. And every five minutes, he gets an extra foot of chain. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Wow. That's a big bag of nope right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know that I was slightly anxious, like, doing the naughty room. Mm-hmm. Like, working with strangers and things. I can't imagine working with strangers on puzzles that are already stressful and then having a zombie in the room trying to chomp at you and eat your brains. Yeah, I don't think I could do that one. That's yeah. the one I'm doing next. I mean, like, I'll people... do it without you. I don't care. <laughs> um, and then the third one is Escape the Villain's Hideout. Oh, they have more than just those. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Well, And I don't, I don't know anything about that one either. It's just what you are. You're, it, it, you're a superhero trying to escape uh, a villain's hideout where he trapped you. Nice. So, yeah. So picture, like, I don't know, Superman being trapped in a room that Lex Luthor built. Or, or here, how about this? How about how about the X-Men trying to escape arcades, like, puzzle room? Because that's basically what arcade was. He was, he was just, like, a puzzle room guy. Hmm. Yeah. Now I'm more interested in that one. <laughs> so... I don't know. They all sound interesting. I've always wanted to do an escape room because there's, you know, a bunch of different kinds, a bunch of different companies do them. They're really, really popular in Houston right now. But um, I don't know anyone personally who had done one. And so, like, I kind of I, I rely on now references you know like that. 
I know myself very well. <laughs> That's another thing is like I want less unfamiliar people and more familiar people that I'm comfortable bossing around. Oh yeah, I would have I would have spoken up a lot more if, right. I, if I knew people more instead yeah. of kind of like because it is it is a team exercise yeah. kind of situation. Which which that was something just because I you know I don't normally go and try to correct strangers on what they're doing so i was like hey hey i don't think that's what that is right yeah. and there oh. were there was a time or two where i was trying to drop suggestions and they just weren't getting it so i was like all right never mind and i went and did something else They'll and then ended out. up being right i got to sit down with sarah said the production manager and owner of room escape time and we had a quick little interview and she said that they actually do like corporate events they go to comic cons and have little what? miniature rooms that like four or five people do at a time that's neat and they have shows that kind of show off what a puzzle room is and you can also order a commissioned puzzle room what yeah so i don't i don't know what the cost of that is but it sounds super Let's cool do it. i mean can you imagine like Let's take a loan getting um your girlfriend to go with her family and then the last puzzle you open it up and it's like a wedding ring <gasps> Yeah, yeah. Rodney, I need you to repropose to me. Well, let me let me let me talk to Sarah and see how much it is. But uh, maybe that's a that's a really soft maybe. You get through it, and then the end, it's just a ring pop. Yeah, I would do that. Worth it. I would do that. Worth it. I'll just take a ring pop too if you've got one. I don't have one on me, but oh, well, never mind. You're a grown ass woman with your own money. Go buy yourself a box of ring pops, at Sam's. You can get them bulk size. You can get a, you can get a pallet of ring pops. I treat myself. <laughs> so I actually got to sit down with Sarah for a few minutes and and have a little kind of mini interview with her. It's just ten minutes long. So um, if you guys want to listen in on that, uh, it's coming up next after the break. Two versus three nerds with beers and opinions. Podcast on the BE Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and. Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and. <laughs> episodes available at the BE Network. <laughs> <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher. <laughs> and giggle fits <laughs> episodes available on itunes stitcher and bmovies and ebooks.com It's Nerds on the Left here, and I'm sitting down with Sarah Sade, who is the owner. Uh, one of the owners of Room Escape Time, an escape room in downtown Houston. So we just got done doing your Christmas-themed one, and I gotta say, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot more, it was different than I thought it was gonna be. There was a lot more to do, a lot more teamwork, which I, I really, really liked. So what got you into doing this? Uh, about two or so years ago, I my friend found a random Craigslist ad asking for actors to be part of a zombie-themed room escape. Uh, it was something that Marty Parker, the owner of Trapped Room with a Zombie all across the country uh, and internationally, he had just started to tinker with the idea of having a zombie chasing you in this crazy new thing called live versions of escape rooms. And I went to the audition and they hired a couple of people and eventually brought me on as they started to get more busy. And I started off learning FX makeup and chasing people around as a zombie and we have a 
trapped room with a zombie here at our location. And as I kind of rose through the ranks over the year and boosted sales, eventually he was like, hey, do you want to take a job in another city running a location? I'll sell it to you. And I ended up doing that. And then we've grown from there. Now we have four rooms. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on your promotion. Where do you start with making one of these rooms? Because I got to say some of the puzzles, I I play a lot of video games. So I thought that I was going to come into this with an advantage and I... No, I had no advantage whatsoever. So what what gives you the idea to make these kind of puzzles? A lot of times it's just finding random things and you see it and you think it's cool and you want to turn it into a puzzle. So, for example, you could see like a cool chair and you'd be it would have like a hidden compartment in it and you'd be messing with something at Goodwill. And you'd be like, how can I turn that into something that would open with like a lock or a magnet or a puzzle in order to make it happen? And sometimes you just are fiddling around looking at puzzles online because we're complete nerds as well. Um, And you'll see something and you'll be like, man, that would be really cool to put in a room. How could I adapt this to do? it and then the second thing that I always think of is a theme and what we would like to do and what would be fun for people to do what would I like to spend an hour doing Um, and then I kind of go from there so you, you spoke of different themes what rooms do you have going on right now Uh, Well, we have Trapped Room with a Zombie, where you are uh, doing a little experiment where a zombie is on a chain and the chain grows a foot longer every five minutes. So you have to find the puzzles and solve the clues while a zombie is chasing you and you are running out of time. Uh, The other one is The Crash, which is our technology-themed room. And you have been approached by a shadowy government organization, as they always do. And they need you to go into the system physically. So it's kind of Magic School Bus Trani. And you go in and you're trying to find the bug in the system to keep the internet from crashing around the world and then we've got uh our superhero themed room where you are a captured supervillain have to escape the evil lair while he's off gathering the rogues gallery to come have a superhero party beat down and then we have the naughty list which is you have to sneak up to the north pole into santa's study and you have to remove your name from the naughty list so that you get presents this year yeah well all of those except for the very last one horrifying <laughs> i need internet i don't want to be eaten by zombies I definitely want presents. That one's not so scary, but, you know, I definitely want presents. Um, so so how long have you been doing this? Uh, for the overall theme of this, uh, we've been running the Houston location for about a year and a half now. And then prior to that, I was a zombie and a manager for the Columbus, Ohio location for uh, around a year, year and a half before we came here. We've been designing our own rooms ever since we came to Houston, though. So we've got a mobile lab that we do and we custom build rooms when people uh, commission them from us to go to like conventions, meetings, team builders. Um, people ask us to do very customized things. Uh, so like your CEO has been captured and you need to find a way to get them back from some kind of crazy. So like a team building exercise kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, team builders are a very big part of what happens during the holidays. People want to have um, team builders because one, they get to go have fun with people. They can go to dinner and do things. And then we do a team building evaluation that a psychologist put together. So we train our employees on how to identify uh, different characteristics and traits that people can do inside of the room. My dad has three PhDs in various psychology and things like that so I've had him help me develop some of the stuff with it Um, and you go in we evaluate the team and we tell them how everyone participated in the room and the high pressure situation of thing brings out people's personalities so we give a team evaluation with discussion questions for them to take back to their next meeting and that it's a very popular thing for people to do plus you can get like if you have a big team like 40 people or so you can get everyone in at the same time and sometimes people like to do it and switch and do all kinds of stuff but there's nothing quite like a bonding moment for a team when you're trying to 
get eaten by a zombie and save your lives. It's like the most popular option for it because you also kind of can think about sacrificing the people you don't like at your office. Oh, yeah. Push the boss closer to the zombie and stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> Do you, are you guys have any Comic Cons coming up or any, any co- conventions that you guys are going to be at? Uh, yeah, so uh, this year we are actually have Krampus co- Christmas the Krampus coming up. We went last year and had a table, and we had some small puzzles for people to do um, at the event and kind of just promoted the escape room. Uh, we're planning on going back to that as well this year and do puzzles and giveaways and things like that as well at it to promote all of the rooms, really. Um, but last year we had one of our employees dress up as a, za- a zombie Santa uh, and ha- hung out and took pictures with people. It was super fun, and we had lots of repeat people coming back since it's it's like a, a not a closed event, but people are kind of hanging out. So they come back wanting more and more puzzles. And I'm like, I'm, I'm running out of puzzles, guys, but I'll find some more for you. <laughs> Do you ever feel anxiety about that, about maybe they're figuring this out too soon or maybe it's too hard? I mean, how do you get that balance? Uh, The first one is testing, uh, for sure. We have a very varied uh, amount of people that we have come in. We bring people who've been through room escapes before, people who haven't been through them before. We have friends who we know um, have done quite a few that come through, and we ask for honest feedback from people for things that we do. So we bring a number of test groups through. We tweak puzzles to make it easier or harder, and then you just kind of have to remember that everyone is different who comes through the group, and everyone's got different strengths. So we try to add in things in the room that if someone doesn't get it someone who has a different mindset you know someone very analytical versus very artsy and uh, they think of things like in a flowy kind of way Mm -hmm. would be able to get those different kinds of things and also things that's why you want to put people together and do things so you have different strengths and purposes inside of the room for people to do have you ever met a group of people who just couldn't get anywhere with anything? <laughs> yes, I have. Um, I had a group who didn't know basic shapes, and they were all adults, um, which is kind of frustrating and scary. But if you kind of think of that basic concept of not knowing that, it made life kind of difficult for them. Um, and then there was a zombie chasing them on top of it, so it didn't help. So it, when you have a group who's having a lot of trouble, you kind of feel bad for them. And there's little subtle things you can do to kind of hint towards people without actually giving them a hint. Like if you're just staring at a wall for like 20 minutes and they're kind of like what is she looking at and then they look at it then they can kind of start thinking well maybe it's important and it kind of gets them going so there are ways that you can kind of help them when you have someone in the room to kind of help and that's why I like having a live actor there with them they can kind of help with those small moments but those groups there are just some groups who don't make it out and that's a reason why most escape rooms only have a 10 to 30 percent uh, escape rate the majority of groups don't actually make it out and that kind of makes it fun for people who do make it out they feel like they really accomplished something oh yeah definitely and then the people who don't make it out can come back mm-hmm. and do the whole room again so how can people get tickets buy tickets come to this awesome event because i had a great time um super awesome and, and and if you play video games or anything this is a real life video game that you can solve with other people and socialize a little bit so where can people buy tickets to this uh, so any escape room will sell them online directly because it's kind of set up like a movie. You have set show times that you can come to or escape room times, whatever they call them. Uh, and you just go on the website, see when your friends can go in, and there's usually a limited amount. So you always want to buy them ahead of time if you can. Some will allow you to walk in and pay for them, um, but again, it's based on availability. So just go Google your local city's escape rooms and check them out. There's reviews online. There's people who are... Part of the thing that they do is they own escape rooms or they're avid enthusiasts. They'll go in and review them too on different websites. And but then you've got all of your normal Yelp, Google Plus, 
TripAdvisor, all of those things. People give really hopeful information uh, on there as well, saying, "Hey, if you're if you're, you're first timer, this would be a great room for you. Or if you've done a bazillion of these, this will be a great room for you." And just kind of see whatever other people have to say and uh, go in there, and then just go to their website, see what theme floats your boat and what you're excited about. Because every escape room is going to have different themes. There's ones where you can go and pretend to be NASA pirates. Um, you can do zombies, superheroes, all kinds of cool things there, and ones that I haven't even thought of. Is there a specific website for this location? Uh, yeah, it's uh, roomescapetime.com. Pretty easy. Okay, yeah. And I, I definitely recommend the Christmas one. When, is, when do you think that's going to be finalized and ready to go? Oh, uh, you guys are part of our beta testing group, so we will be ready to go um, by Friday. We actually already started selling tickets for it. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, thank you for uh, sitting down with us for a little bit, Sarah. Uh, I do appreciate it. I had a great time. I'm definitely going to be coming back, and uh, we'll, we'd like to sit down with you for a longer session at some point during, with the podcast. Oh, sounds good. Uh, when some of my room escape friends come into town for various things, we could all come in and chat about all of the different places we've gone to and all kinds of stuff. Awesome, great. Thank you very much. So if you're in the Houston area and enjoy uh, challenging puzzles, uh, check out roomescapetime.com and also check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash roomescapetime. So speaking of puzzling things, have you seen Donald Trump's latest tweets? You're going to have to specify because this we're recording on Sunday. This doesn't come out until Tuesday. There's going to be 12 Twitter shitstorms before then. That is totally true. <laughs> so this is in regards to his Twitter feud with, well, I guess it's real life feud with SNL and the, their portrayal of oh, him. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. So let me just let me just read the tweet just for context here. The president-elect of the United States of America tweeted, just tried watching Saturday Night Live. Unwatchable! Exclamation point. Totally biased. Not funny. And the Baldwin impersonation just can't get any worse. Sad. But it's so good. Like the reality is that it's so spot That's on. That's what boggles my mind. Like, okay, I get he might be insulted by it, but everyone says it's good. Like everyone's like, this is one of the greatest impersonations they've ever it's had on spot the show. On. Yeah, and for and for him to be like, meh. It's not that good. Like, it's like, come on. I think the man doesn't lying. understand satire. I don't think he gets it. I think he just doesn't like being made fun of. And I think he has poor self-awareness. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I think he doesn't realize that he's a joke. That he himself is a comical His fictional very existence character. is a joke? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a little harsh for me. But... Um, <laughs> I'm going to put those words in your mouth. <laughs> but I'm going to quote you so, as like, Melissa said. Like, his personality is just so ridiculous like you can like i'm sure um ali baldwin's doing direct quotes from him and it sounds like they're making fun of him but mm -hmm. in fact trump buddy you said that you know so i think trump has a hard time realizing how the words that he's saying actually sound to other people like he he doesn't have that self-awareness well i think we saw that issue in the campaign was he would say something and people would be like oh my god like hey how could he say this and then it's like well no that's not what he meant he meant this yeah he had his pundits and spinners out in yeah. force going like oh Tra he didn't his... really mean to say it like that what i heard him say right. is this almost same thing yeah <laughs> almost and same. like like one of the things was like the the um the whole 
thing with the vote results. You know, he said he'd, he'd let you know if he was going to accept them or not. And then it came out, people were like, oh, my God, how could he not accept it? Like, well, no, he's just saying if there's something funny, he's gonna might have a recount. Yeah, that's what Kellyanne Conway was saying yeah. on CNN and all those yeah. other shows. And it's like well okay i don't have a problem with him saying like hey look there's this pattern of discrepancy let's get a recount but being like no i'm gonna go into the street i'm gonna see i'm gonna keep you in suspense wait and see like that's that's not what he said like you know well let's get a little bit into what snl actually made fun of him for they made fun of his twitter addiction yeah and then 45 minutes later after the show ended he was tweeting about it yeah like the man doesn't even understand, right? He doesn't it's get it. That he was playing they right into set their hands. Him up for that, like they set a Twitter trap for him, and he <laughs> just stumbled into it with 140 Gleefully characters or less. Dove in, yeah, face first. So the episode started pretty hard hitting. You know, him not paying attention to a security briefing, something that all of us Americans are pretty freaking concerned that he's doing, and uh, so just one hard hit after another they didn't stop after that they got like four or five good hits on him talking about his looks saying they look like mashed potatoes uh talking about how he's not paying attention how he's been retweeting 16 year olds um how he just has well, no idea what's going on some of it was who he's retweeting so you had the 16 year old you had one of them you know which snl made a point being like these this actually happened yes. these actual were retweets by him they stopped they stopped the 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 bit and we're just like this actually happened yeah so you had the six which i guess you know we're getting our news now from snl but um you gotta they, get it where you can take where you can get it there was a 16 year old there was the next one they said was a man with a profile picture of a skull with two guns and the word infidel on the top mm-hmm. and then the last one was someone who said had for his twitter bio was liberalism is a mental disease and so it's like these are something along those lines and it's like these are the people who the president-elect of the united states is elevating to a national platform yeah yeah i mean i i I don't know if this is going to happen or not but do you think he's going to take over the potus handle on twitter i'm so the potus the potus twitter handle will actually stay with that doesn't go with obama obama will become like i think his tweets will somehow get archived under potus 44 or 45 whatever he is now 40 44 4. yeah so he's going to be potus 44 but the potus twitter handle stays with the white house so yes sad sad that does <laughs> on a whole nother level makes me sad sad so pretty soon we're going to be seeing him retweeting 16 year olds from an official potus handle but see, my I just hope there's like one person who they're like, no, this is my job. I handle the Twitter. Go. You think there's just... like a White House like oh, Twitter yeah. intern? Yeah, I think there's like a staffer who gets stuck with that. Well, I hope he's... I, uh... I don't think Obama's actually out there tweeting under the POTUS Twitter handle. Trump wasn't the only victim in this in this SNL sketch, though. They pulled out all the stops in making fun of Ban- oh, um, Steve Bannon. Yes, they did. He came out at the very end in a... a grim reaper costume with the yeah. the skull mask it was a uh, it's a bit right, over the top it was on the nose yeah <laughs> directly on the nose I, I don't know i thought it was a bit over the top but they are 
satire. Like, it's supposed to be exaggerated. Right. Yeah. When you take how ridiculous the reality of it is mm-hmm. and then give them the task of making it a farce, they're like, really? What? Where can we go from here? It's, yeah. it's about well, as ridiculous as it gets. And some of it is they might be playing towards the reaction it got, you know, mm-hmm. because... You know, there are people out there who are like, nah, Steve Mann is not that bad. And then there are other people like, no, he's pretty terrible. Like, and so they're probably, I don't know if they were solely making fun of Steve Mann. I also think that they were throwing that out there to see if they could draw Steve Bannon out. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen him on any news networks or anything since his appointment. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. So do you guys want to talk about the shiny little glimmer of hope where this may all actually not really happen the recount the jill stein recount i'm not prepared to call it hope because i can't i can't handle election night 2.0 exactly i would be able to handle the emotional letdown so it's something i'm acknowledging yeah still healing from the first time right (laughs) my wounds are still fresh I've got it bookmarked on my phone to check up for updates, but uh, I, I'm not like hopeful, but I think that's definitely something we can talk about. So we talked about it before where Jill Stein, she's doing the update or the, she's uh, leading the recount efforts, right? She's basically started a Kickstarter for recount efforts in three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. and Wisconsin. Everybody always forgets about Wisconsin. Everybody always <laughs> forgets about Wisconsin. Yes, even Hillary Wisconsinites forgot about Wisconsin. Womp Hey, let's be good. honest. It's part of the reason. Like, mm-hmm. so as of recording, she um, for one, they had to increase their goal, and I'll talk about that in a second. But they've raised over seven million dollars, and this wow. just started last week, week and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the reason they had to increase is because in Wisconsin, the state that already had the highest filing fee of one point one million, had increased its recount recount filing fees to three point five million fucking dollars and so and that was just in response to jill stein right that was see that with everything seem right. that they added on top of it because they just don't want to do this recount and so like oh no you have to pay for this and now you have to pay for that oh okay yeah i mean yeah there you go it's like it's so they're basically like dlcing her to death <laughs> yeah sure that's exactly what's happening and npr even put out um an article talking about um how jill stein in pennsylvania Okay, so the it has a misleading headline. So if you guys on Facebook see uh, the he- the article that talks about Jill Stein dropping the recount in Pennsylvania, if you click on the article, it actually talks about how she's not dropping the recount effort and she's taking it to federal court. So she's really kind of up in her game and she's doubling down on a lot of these the states that are having the most pushback. And so she's like, there's something going on if you guys are giving me this much crap for it. Yeah. You know, like, if there is, is easy peasy recount, it wouldn't change anything. Let her do the recount. Yeah. So there's um, a lot of pushback. Well, and talking about that kind of confusion about is she dropping it in Pennsylvania? Is she not? Donald Trump even tweeted, going back to what we were just talking about, the Green Party just dropped its recount suit in Pennsylvania and is losing votes in Wisconsin recount. Just a Stein scam to raise money. So I don't understand that. So he thinks that he's gaining in the popular vote you know, by this recount? I, I have a hard time understanding him when he has more than 140 character limits. So I don't even know what he's saying half the time on Twitter. I mean, 
My it's God. obvious gibberish, gibberish because NBC in Philadelphia posted that in Pennsylvania they were they had started the recount or they were starting they were doing some of the final counts and including the um, absentee ballots and the provisional ballots. Her lead, Hillary Clinton's lead, clo- or I'm sorry, her, the gap lessened by over twenty two thousand votes. So that's a pretty big deal considering Trump's lead was only 90,000, which 90,000 Oh, I thought it was 70. Oh, yeah, yeah, 70,000. So it's down to 50,000. It was down from from 71,000 down to 49,000. So that's a pretty significant leap. Brought her his lead down to 0.8%. And if it gets to 0.5%, they have to do a mandatory recount. It's automatically triggered, right? Yes, automatically. And so she's only 0.3% percentage points away and they're not even done counting all the provisional and absentee ballots that was that twenty two thousand was just from philadelphia that wasn't the whole state that was just from philadelphia county that's absolutely insane i know and so they said oh yeah no it's, it's over it's all over it's like um actually it's getting pretty close like i'm not saying it's it would swing the final results but it's not as over as everyone likes to say it is no and I mean, and he's even said that he thinks that he has a mandate and he thinks that he won the popular vote because of three million illegal voters, which let's all just say that's absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely yeah. ludicrous. He couldn't even give a source for that. No, the only sources I've seen for it are like shady sources. Like there's one source that it's supposed to be like it, it claims to be like a legitimate organi- organization like it's like the national something or other if you have to claim to be a legitimate organization you probably aren't well it, it's it's one of those things where it's set up it's like the council of the blah 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 like it's well, very I what breitbart says on this on it's the very oh i'm sure they agree with it but it's you're, very you're not registered to breitbart no i'm not subscribed to breitbart i like my kellogg's corn pops too much gotta have my pops so the talking about the three million illegal vote claim, like I looked into that some, and the only like actual places I could see it was an article on Infowars, and then that led me to um, uh, something votefraud.org, which anything can be a .org. <laughs> so when you go to votefraud.org, that sounds super legitimate. Super legitimate. That sounds like you get put on a list for going there. It kicks you over to. <laughs> election night gatekeepers <laughs> and so You're definitely going on the list now yeah so they that's where it's like this is where the three million vote is coming from three million illegal votes and i'm i'm having trouble finding it right this second but when i looked into this i found a graph trying to like show the actual breakdown of numbers and where this illegal votes and so it had trump had 62 million something 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 votes and hillary had 64 million something 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 counting for her 2.5 million lead Mm -hmm. but then it was like illegal votes under trump there were zero under hillary there were exactly three million okay hang on they had zero for trump even though people went to jail they took there were identified i did see something about those those weren't counted because they caught them well obviously yeah but so they there were 100 percent. Yeah. So so there were no none, no votes taken off of Trump for illegal votes, but exactly three million taken off from Hillary. And thus Trump won the popular vote because you can just say numbers now. That's science. 
Yeah. yeah, I just I like the way that you had to go down the rabbit hole, and then the surface where you started was Infowars. Yeah, like that's yeah, <laughs> like I'm I'm running out of synonyms for insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what Trump's I, not even president yet. I'm in trouble. Yeah, I mean I had I had heard that, and I was like, okay, well let me let me see what sources I can find talking about that, and I couldn't find like I thought someone would say, oh well, this is how he came up with the number three million. No, it's just three million. You know. And it was completely... And it's flat. It's three million flat. Three million even. It yeah. was exactly. a concerted effort from the illegals. They mm-hmm. all meet in their underground clubs. Yeah. And they decided, like, hey, the three million best of us will, yeah. only, will cast this vote. Only three million of them, not, what is there, 11 there was million? A, there was a Facebook invite that <laughs> they sent out to three million illegal people. And how you start getting a list together of three million illegal people to send them an invite to. I Someone's don't even got understand it. how you start. Know. But whether or not those people have Facebook, that's more questionable. <laughs> They're still in our jobs and, and Facebooks. Facebook. <laughs> okay, so the last thing we wanted to talk about tonight was there are actually breaking news. So today's Sunday. So a couple hours ago, we found out about hashtag. No Dapple, which means that they're no longer going to put the Dakota Access Pipeline through the Sioux Nation's water reservoir and through their uh, sacred lands. So what actually happened is the Army Corps of Engineers uh, owns a piece of land um, that they were going to grant an easement for the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline to go through, and they refused that easement. So now the pipeline can't go through that area. So basically, the protesters, after all this time and all this energy and the sheriff's office being very intimidating and hurting protesters, the protesters won. Right. Yeah. This is definitely a victory for the little guy. Yeah. I think it's I I'm trying like I think it's a huge win. But at the same time, since we're so close to a Trump presidency, I'm afraid to get too optimistic that this is a for sure concrete win right some of the conflicts of interest that i've seen is trump actually has a conflict of interest with the dakota access pipeline yeah he has investments in the parent company well and i also just think you know trump is just so set in his ways if this is something he's decided he wants to fight against like he could go in and he could pull some strings i think and put some influence on this i don't think so i think if obama couldn't stop it trump couldn't make it happen see what i'm hoping for is that since they've blocked this like they'll go ahead find a different route and get started because then i think it'll be a lot harder to undo but yeah i mean it is a win but it's a hold your breath and hope kind of win yeah and also at what cost like a lot of people suffered hypothermia from being mm-hmm. out there. A lot of them suffered wage loss because they put their job on hold to go out there and help protest. Um, someone lost vision in one of their eyes because they got tear gas directly to the face. Someone, I don't know if they had, if they've lost their arm, but it's possible that they could lose their arm yes. because they got shot directly with a rubber bullet and it damaged, it made so much damage that they may actually just have to take her arm. So mm-hmm. like there was definitely some significant bloodshed going Mm -hmm. on like there's some some real sacrifices going on for this land and so it it shouldn't have gone this far hands down it should not have gone this far well i think the 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 best thing that i've seen so far is the sheriff's office that has been basically the main provider of resistance against the protesters Mm -hmm. 
their office is saying, no, we want this to end. We want this to de-escalate. So they're out there doing their jobs, but at the same time... They're yeah. exacerbating the problem. They're increasing violence. They're adding hostility to what should be a peaceful protest. Um, there were refusing to allow mail being shipped mm-hmm. to them they were telling local stores not to sell them supplies like protesters need things like food things like blankets heaters since it's you know right portable heaters since it's winter time mm-hmm. and i think that's interesting considering considering the last kind of big protest like this that we saw was the or if you can call it a protest, but was the the, the Bundy situation? Yeah, yeah, in y'all kind But so they actually like people were mailing them supplies, and so I wonder if the you know the blocking of the North Dakota access pipeline, if the blocking of them buying supplies was a lesson learned from that situation or what? But it's interesting to contrast the two. So this is a situation of a people defending their land versus some cowboys going to taking over a bird, a government issue or government owned bird sanctuary. Yeah, I'm not and trying to take it over. No, I mean, yeah. this is, but that's what they were doing. Yeah. It just shows the hypocrisy. That's that's all this protest really really did. Is it shows the the hypocrisy between um, Native Americans wanting to protect not only their source of water but all of our sources of water because the reservoir that that the um, pipeline would have gone through feeds into the missouri river exactly so it makes me sad that it went on that far but it did and hopefully this is the end of it we're not going to get our hopes up but hopefully this is truly the end of it so it's sunday and the last episode of westworld came out today so let's go ahead and wrap this up Keep your eye out for our hashtag month of magic going on all this month. Yes, some wonderful Harry Potter nerdiness will be coming your way soon. On Twitter, Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook, obviously. Definitely. Um, We have our own website now, nerdsontheleft.com. Make it happen, people. Yeah, especially on Facebook, um, where we recently hit 350 likes. Ooh. Yeah, so congratulations us. And congratulations you guys for being a part of us. During the month of magic, my goal is to hit 500 on Facebook. That's pretty lofty. It's yeah. a lofty goal, but I think we can hit it. it. It might just take a certain magic. On that corny joke, I'm going to go ahead and end this, this episode of Nerds on the Left. I'm Rodney. I'm Mara. I'm Melissa. And we'll see you next time. Keep it nerdy. The podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com. Yeah.